You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430. This is episode 60... Six. I had to write it down to make sure that uh, 66. That I, 66. Yeah, we just when when we hit 666, we're going to play the Iron Maiden song as the intro and uh, get her going that way. Yeah, Philly. Um, we have an awesome show for you tonight. And and it's been it's been a long time. Like we've been trying to get a taxidermy um, person to come on this show for a long time. And thanks to Philly pulling some strings and reaching out into his tickle trunk of contacts. He was able to get a hold of advanced taxidermy. And we are very, very lucky tonight to have um, one of the owners of advanced taxidermy, uh, James McGregor, come on the show with us tonight. And uh, he's going to talk all about birds and everything that you need to know with regards to taxidermy and some, some things to do and things not to do. We'll uh, introduce the boys. Um, Mark's just outside the nation's capital. Phil, only two two more weeks left in Oshawa. This and, this will be the final episode from yeah, the Schwa. From the Schwa, the last episode from the Schwa for Philly. Dave's up in Concordia. Finally, um, no tornadoes landing around Dave, so he's able to come on the show. And we've got James coming to us all the way from Caledon, Ontario, um, with advanced taxidermy. So James. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Um, I really just got to get this little bit out, and then we're going to get into the taxidermy. So thank you. Thank you to everybody that has listened to Dave over the last three or four shows when he's saying you need to be on to this fan page of Real Geese because we've got uh, Brian McRae, Steve Clark, and Max Burley, all of them, just for being – um, subscribers to this show for our YouTube and podcast cha- channels, because they were fans of that page, um, they're getting a free dozen of uh, decoys coming from all the way from Real Geese out of the States. Um, so again, um, an amazing thank you to Craig Mintz and his, teams, uh, his team at Real Geese in Ohio for the continued support that they're doing for us. And uh, to those three gentlemen that uh, won some, uh, some free decoys it's just a gift that keeps on giving so thank you so much real geese real geese mark just hold up some real geese dave's got it so we're we are big fans now on to james buddy i'm gonna tell you i did not realize and it's almost embarrassing how big a deal you guys are and i had no idea about it like, well, it just tells us we still have to uh, always market. You know, there's always, you know, getting your name out there and appreciate you guys bringing me on tonight here. And uh, it's going to be fun. It, it's going to be a blast. And like, uh, and I'm not, you know, I know you're not comfortable, James, in doing this, but um, I, I'll take, I'll, I'll do it for you. Like, these guys are the real deal. Like, the best in, from what I've been gathering so far the best in in north america very soon we'll have the biggest taxidermy shop in canada doing international or actually they're busier with international orders than the more busier with international orders than they are with canadian orders so these guys are the real deal so i'm sure there's a ton of education coming for everybody and just like uh dave alluded to before Dave, start us off with that first question that you've been wondering, buddy. And and I'm sure a lot of people that listen to the show, they're all wondering the very same thing. Okay. My internet's going crazy right now because uh, we're having some power problems here. So I'll get this out quick if I can. I just shot a bird and it's got a good story or there's some reason that I want it to be mounted. What do I do from the moment I've got it in my hand and I decide I might want this to be a mount? from that point until I get it to you, what, how do I handle it? What do I, yeah, 
just go ahead. You know what I'm talking well, about. Yeah, <laughs> simply enough, there's there's different ways of attacking this whole situation. And, and depending on the situation, we'll play out what, what really needs to be done. Now, um, like like was mentioned there, we're international business. I've had birds shipped to me from Mexico, from Africa. You know, we're talking like first off more local, you know, a hunter harvests some, some ducks, whether it be ducks or geese or whatever it may be. Um, you know, first and foremost, as I mentioned there before, uh, before what makes a trophy a trophy is not just, you know, the bird, it's, it's a memory that you're memorializing. With that said, um, the later the season, the better the bird plumage wise, which makes a nicer mount. And a lot of times people ask me, how do I know which bird to mount? Well, you, you got those four or five birds laying there and one really stands out shining like, wow, look how beautiful this is. That's the bird. Now, if it's the sun's first bird, regardless of what it looks like, that's worthy of a mount too. Yes. It just takes a lot more work to make a bad bird look good than a good bird because the bird's just not there. Now, a lot of times it just, it's common sense, you know, um, and you don't want to do stuff to it that you shouldn't be doing. Um, I tell clients all the time, you want to keep it as dry as possible and as clean as possible and free of blood. Well, it's a little hard if you're shooting it and hunting over water. But, but with that said, you know, try dry it up, try to remove some of the blood. You don't have to go into a lot of work. You don't have to wash it or, you know, keep it. Um, don't bend it in a position that normally doesn't go. Try to keep all the feathers nice and flat. Sometimes you can tuck a, the head under a wing. Just lay it in a bag and, and get it frozen as soon as you can. Don't be gutting it. Don't be doing any stuff. Now, if you're planning on keeping a freezer for a long time before you get it to the taxidermist, and my recommendation is you want to get it to the taxidermist the very first chance you can. And then it's out of your hands and in the hands of the person that can take care of it from there. Um, but if you're planning on, you know, storing birds for a very long time, you want to make sure that they're wrapped properly. You know, there's been times where I've said, you know, you can use an old pair of nylons from the girlfriend or the wife, just slide it over the bird and it conforms to the bird. That helps protect feathers. Um, you know, but when stuff's going to be in the freezer for a long time, personally, you know, I'll get a syringe with some water, inject the feet with some water, wrap the bill with, with a wet paper towel. And that just helps it from freezer burning. Cause those are two areas of freezer burn, but you know, just open or one layer of plastic, the bird itself can freezer burn. And from a tax point of view, when you're working on a bird that's freezer burnt and you skin it, you can, you can see the burn on the inside, not in the feather side. And when you mount that bird, um, and it is doable, and we have techniques to try and fix the freezer burn, but it almost wants to dry in the drying stage back to the, as I call it, bedhead, where the feathers are sort of pressed down from it being in the freezer and mm -hmm. not wanting to fluff up like a nice live bird. So, yeah, first and foremost, you want to try and get to your, to your taxidermist as soon as possible. Even call a taxidermist before you're going out hunting and saying, hey, I'm hoping to get a bird mounted by you. What do you recommend? How should I bring it in? Um, but yeah, just common sense. Try to keep it dry. Keep, try to keep it free of blood. If there's any, you know, excess of blood, especially if it's like a snow goose or something, you know, try it with a paper towel, damp, dry that blood off of it to try and get the majority of blood away from the feathers. Now we're going to be cleaning it. Obviously the techniques that we use are the most modern and proper techniques and the mounting of the birds it goes through various um, washes and degreases and tanning of the skin. So there's a lot of procedures to, to correct that problem. You know, even on some of the birds that you see staining, iron stain from the water, almost like a, a level line, we can remove that as well. If the client wants it removed, some people say, hey, no, that's the way the bird was. Let's leave it. But um, a little common sense, you know, just uh, again, um, if you can bring it right to the tax from from your hunt, perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to put it in the freezer, don't have it in that freezer one day longer than it needs to be. And uh, just, you know, don't bend the bird into a position it wouldn't be. And put a couple layers of plastic, not just one garbage bag, you know, or shopping bag. Maybe put four or five, get it frozen good. And like I said, get it to the tax as soon as you can. And you, you mentioned know? don't gut it. Yeah. What about if I want to eat the breast meat off? <laughs> Well, I kind of use the rule, your mount or your meal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know what? One of my, one of my best friends is a taxidermist and uh, 
I didn't understand like when I I thought I did a really good job cutting that meat out. And when that guy came up here and I gave him the knife and he he did a bird, I was looking at it like I didn't realize that there that the bone was that white on a bird. Like it was just amazing how close and how surgical you guys get with those knives. So now I understand why you don't you don't breast it on your own. <laughs> yeah, normally a birds. I've seen that over thirty seven years of business. I've seen fish come in. Uh, one of the funniest. I had a, a client actually bring in a fish, largemouth bass that was filleted with the pieces of skin still attached to the tail, like they cut and flayed it and brought that in saying, can you still mount this? Uh, that's a hard no. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and the same with the birds. I've seen turkeys come in where clients wanted to breast them out. See, the, the turkey is probably the one bird uh, that I will tell a client, you know, hey, if you bring it in, run up to the corner and grab a coffee, I'll knock the breasts out for you and hand them right back to you. But if it's something like a teal or a grouse, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I just, you know, it's your mountain or your meal. Yeah. You're not missing much. No. Yeah. And what, what's the typical turnaround time? Because I, I thought like, well, I watched that show hunt the 41 mm. and it looked like the guy was just sitting on a picnic table and did a bird from like, just took it off the water and mounted it within an hour. It seemed like, <clears throat> but that's obviously unrealistic and it's more movie magic, but, uh, what, what's a typical Well, I, I know some tax rumors that would do it in an hour. Yeah. But you know, wow. you know what you're getting, um, proper techniques takes time. Drying of the bird takes time. You have to wait for it to dry before you can, you know, finish and do habitats and stuff like that. Right now we're at eight months, you know, but every tax room you talk to or ask that question is going to give you a different answer. Um, my word of advice is just stay away from the studios that say three weeks or three years. That's there's something, something wrong there. You know, is this you, kind you of, wanna, of those, yeah. Um, sorry. Is this one of those triangle things where it's like, you can either I'm have just going to say cheap, cheap, fast or quality, <laughs> right? You can have it cheap and yeah. fast, but it won't be good um, quality. Yeah. Well, yeah, they say, they say if you know, tax is it takes a long time it's because they're busy and they're busy for a reason yeah um but in the same respect and i've said this somewhat facetiously to some clients that at the end of the day i'm i'm more uh, 37 years again that my business partner and i have been doing this and, and our crew um I'd, pay, I'd i would pay to do this job as opposed to being paid to do it i won't, I won't tell my business partner that but um <laughs> 12 14 16 hours a day but at the very but at the very end of the day you want the bird and I want your money. So the common goal is get her done, <laughs> but we'll never ever sacrifice quality for time. You know, we're going to make sure it's right. We're going to go right into all those feather tracking and making it the right size and putting the detail and making it exactly the way you want. And, and I probably say because of our quality, that's why people come to us. It's, you know, we've, 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 uh, uh put some of the biggest names in the outdoor world as clients and we take pride in that. Yeah, and I, I just want to touch on that. So just just in case people that are listening to, to this and, and wondering if we're really trying to blow smoke up their ass when, when we're talking about how good these guys are, I, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, you've seen some of their work because if you've been into a Cabela's a Bass Pro, um, you've been looking at the work that that, that these guys have done. So um, so Mr. Morris and, and Mr. Shockey and, and those guys, you know, when those, when those fellas are... Uh, trusting their trusting their game to uh, advance then uh, then you know um, it's in good hands you did touch you did mention a little bit about um, the the bass that you had worked with James and and I really want to go I want to bring that in and even though this is a waterfowl podcast I I do want to give you the opportunity to talk about just how revolutionary you you guys are when it comes to those fish molds and stuff because as we know we've got a ton of listeners that are that are hunters and and fisher persons right is that a word fisher persons did i just pull a trudeau here and and you yeah. make up a new word or something pretty woke <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> you mean you're fired yeah well yeah 30 seconds <laughs> For 37 years that we've been doing this, so we do all forms of taxonomy, big game, small game, life-size birds, mammals, reptiles, fish. And as far as fish, we no longer do conventional skin mounts because Sean and I are um, the pioneers of the replica fish 
taxidermy or technology um, here in Canada. And I should mention the only thing we don't do are the peas, people and pets. If it had a name, I'm not touching it. But um, that one went yeah, right that, over. No, no, that that's <laughs> a yeah, good um, that's a good uh, as... that's a good baseline <laughs> to start from, right? Like that that I I agree with you on that because I've <laughs> seen some of those. Pets. I've seen some of those Facebook groups where people put on those uh, those friggin' uh, getting fluffy mounted and stuff like that, and it just yeah, I don't know, it cre- right. creeps me out a little it, bit. So it took me a minute to laugh at that, but it's because we, I had to we've think. We've had like, a couple of those phone calls. <laughs> the only reason that you would say you won't do a person mount is because someone probably asked. You <laughs> like, what in the right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What would it cost for grandma? <laughs> um, but yeah, long and short, the the, the, In the rock and long, long and short, the fish. We uh we we pioneered the fish replica technology. Fish taxidermy. Um, you you can't tan a fish skin like you can tan an animal skin or a bird skin. Mm-hmm. So the preservation is not there. It's just like a dry skin. And over seasonal changes and time, all skin mounts deteriorate. And that's, you know, even go further, um, the skin mounts, they're, what they are and only is an excessively dried, shrunken skin. And only the skin of the fish stretched over a styrofoam armature carved by the taxidermist to what he or she thinks that fish looks like. Once that, that uh, raisin's now, or that grape's now a raisin, they, they paint that or put epoxies on it, which with seasonal changes, oil surface, they paint cracks built. You've seen them on these old lodges, mm-hmm. these decrepit skin mount fish. Um, they look nothing like a live fish. And when we cast a fish, man, we're copying that fish anatomically perfect and full and fleshy. Everything that's on that fish, like not just the scales, but growth rings in the scales, uh, wrinkles in the base of the fins, it's captured in our molds. So it's the most realistic. It's an oxymoron, but their fake fish is the most realistic presentation of fish taxidermy that's even possible. And I'm proud to say that it's the mainstream for fish taxidermy these days. It's very, very rare that people say, hey, I caught this fish, I want to get it. Stuffed is the old cliche word, right? Mounted. Um, now everyone's saying, hey, I caught this fish. And that's a great thing about replicas. If you catch the fish and you want to let it go, you take a length and girth measurement picture and you can do so. And we can do identical duplicate of that fish. Or if you want to keep it and eat it, you can do so and still get your replica. Um, and very rare, sometimes you gill hook a, a fish. We just had one come in the other day, a client's getting a replica done, but he actually physically brought the coho in from Lake Ontario. We're going to be taking a mold off of it. And that's how we've got our molds as they've been actually fish that we've casted through those years. We're over 6,000 molds strong now easily. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's super realistic. Um, with the molds we do, you know, inner mouth detail, you, everything's in there, the vomer, the tongue, the gill rakers, all the way down the esophagus. And we not only shape match to size and, and to shape, but we're matching colors, right? Individual painted scales in our work, scale by scale by scale by scale with iridescent shimmers. So it's a highly detailed thing. And then, you know, basically with just the evolution of taxidermy, you know, in us doing these castings of fish, we started molding noses of whitetail, inner nostril details and bears, inner nostril details, casting inner cartilages, um, casting beaks for ducks and, and raptors, um, as well as feet. And it's just made the end product of the tacky clients that much more realistic. It's funny, like on, on top of like obviously <clears throat> being to like the fishing show, the hunting show, the sportsman show and seeing your guys work on display because you guys always have a booth going my cousin actually has two fish done by you guys. And I was actually awesome. I was actually the net man for one of them, this big monster pike that he caught up in Northern Ontario. And yeah, like your guys work like for those, for those that have never seen it, the detail that goes into the painting of these fish scales is just, it's next level. Like you, you legit have to lay your eyes on the work that these guys do to see the detail and the craftsmanship that goes into like, the painting of the individual scales and like just, you know, the dots on a rainbow and like all this jazz, the vermiculations on a brook trout, like it is phenomenal. And there's a reason why advanced is the world leader in taxidermy. Well, you know, business partner and I, we're both hunters, we're both fishermen and, and we've been there. 
you know, we know what it takes physically, emotionally, and monetarily to catch these fish, to harvest these birds, you know, these deer that I and he, we, we refuse to use a cheap glass eye in the mouth because that's not what it's about. It's, it's immortalizing these joyous memories. Time's out with uh, your father or grandfather or, or grandson or, or, or son that we're capturing. And um, it's not a novelty to us. We do treat it as three-dimensional wildlife art. So we're going to take the time to preen those feathers, you know, so that they're in the right place. You know, shingle all those primaries and secondaries, paint all those scales, or, you know, groom that bear the way it should be, or, you know, different little fine details. Um, and, you know, we take pride in that and, and who, you know, the work we do and who we do the work for. Mark, I know you're uh, looking to get in there. Yeah. Uh, so it's just for shits and giggles. If some dude just said, hey, can you do me up a 57-inch muskie? Can you just, yep. just pop out a 57-inch muskie for someone? Well, yeah. The more information given to us, the more accurate we can be to the original. But I mean, we get a lot say, of people calling up saying, go ahead. I mean, like, hypothetically, if some guy, say, say let's say it was a restaurant. Say, hey, we want a 57-inch mm -hmm. musky for the wall. You do one yep. for us? <laughs> that kind of sure. thing? Yeah. Sure. You know, if a client calls up and said, you know, I caught a 30-inch large wolf bass, not a problem. I'm going to charge you for a 30-inch large wolf bass. You know, even if you said you caught that 20-pound fish in Lake Ontario or Simcoe, not a problem. We'll, we'll do that. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's some people collect our, our, our work, especially the replica fish, as artwork you know, three-dimensional artwork. You know, they might be an avid fly fisherman or, you know, have caught many salmon, just want a classic salmon mount as a piece of artwork as mm -hmm. uh, on their wall. And we see a lot more of that um, happening. That's you know, cool. it's a little bit more difficult with, with you know, game, of course, with the, with the legalities to it, you know, but with replica fish, it's it's a fiberglass image of a fish. So they could be made and bought and sold and there's no wildlife laws limiting it. Have you ever done North Atlantic cod? Actually working on one for, um, I think it's the uh, world record cod that was caught a pounder. Um, we're doing it for the Canadian Tire in St. John's. Oh, cool. Awesome. When um, you get the mold done for that one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> James, I'm going I'm to, I'm going to go ahead and, and share the screen and show um, your website. But as, I, as I'm going to go through this, if you could um, like talk us through um, uh, a client uh, giving you guys a call or, or walking into the office, they've got the bird um, and, and they've got it all wrapped up and they've mm -hmm. done everything that you guys have mm -hmm. told them to get the bird to you. Now, now you guys are going to do your conversation on how the bird, on how the bird's going to get mounted and how you want it to look. Could you, I'm, I'm going to share the screen talk and show your website and some of the stuff that's going on, but can you okay. talk, talk us through that conversation that you have with the clients, please? Yeah, certainly. It'd be my pleasure. And, and, and simply enough, um, you know, when a client walks in the door, we normally have a phone call previous to try and discuss some of the things that we do. Um, with birds, bird mounts normally fall into two major categories, and that's flying or, or standing. And typically, a flying mount is like a wall mount, open wing, banking pose, you know, showing off the back of the bird, because normally the back of the bird's a lot more colorful than the bottom side of the bird. Um, there's a nice little a standard mount that comes with a, a mount, like a nice little piece of driftwood um, and a hanger on, hang on the wall, um, kind of like I said, in a flying banking pose. But we've done landing poses, cupped, committed, you know, um, and as far as the tabletop, there's normally a little bit more habitat, like a nice walnut base with a little bit of water scenery and some rocks and vegetation, um, standing, closed wing with some attitude, you know, head turn or leaning on one leg. But we can do flying tabletops. We can do um, closed wing wall mounts. And then if a client wants to go further, you know, there's no limitation to what we can do. Um, working on some neat displays right now for a client from Alberta. He was up in Alaska and uh, one of the displays has got, I think, four Harleys in it. Um, a couple lighters and uh, what else is there? So, uh, old squat or sorry, long tail, um, long tail duck. 
um, all in a, in a one scene in a glass case with extreme waters. You know, it's got the, uh, the you know, the uh, lava rock, um, splashing waves, you know, all, all out. So there's no limitation. But basically, a client comes in and we take a look at the bird. And a lot of times the bird sometimes determines the pose. So like if, if it got hit hard and there's a lot of wing damage, I wouldn't recommend a flying mount. You know, close those wings and tuck them in underneath the wing coverage, the pockets, right? Um, you know, and, and it depends on what they're looking for as well. You know, um, we've done many mounts that are hanging mounts from the ceiling, which kind of look neat. Where uh, just recently we did a bunch of gold knives. There's, I think, three of them and, and three committed cupped sort of landing boat that the, the client hung from the ceiling. It looked really neat, you know. But, yeah, we just discuss, you know, what they're looking for and um, look at the birds and let the client decide and uh, go from there. Have you ever had an idea that someone brought to you that you were just like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Like, has someone ever said, like, can you recreate the glory yote? Or I would like a bufflehead pile driving another one or something like that, that you're just like, nope, not happening. <laughs> um, I hate to say it, but yeah, there has been requests. <laughs> and uh, Just give yeah, me one duck we, straight. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we 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 uh like again we we want to um you know we we get the to play god we're not god but we get to play god and recreate these animals back to life and uh they're they're all so majestic and need the respect like there is a, of course there's nothing wrong with humor you know everyone deserves a good laugh and you know but we don't do anything that's like um tragic or you know grotesque you know that sort of thing yeah you know we, we like we like yeah grotesque is a good word um but yeah it's we want things to look realistic and re you know capture a part of natural you know nature and it's beauty yeah no and and i i'm not sure if you guys can see um me sharing the screen here and just showing some of the birds that you guys have, like it it is it is magical some of the some of the things that you guys are doing here and i'm just glad that you don't have your other tabs up no 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 i'm not a i'm not a rookie boys yeah. I, I i i clear i clear the internet browser uh history unlike when dave took over the uh, instagram page and and i was getting all kinds of weird stuff yeah go to google and type in porcupine see what happens (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so again you know like we're talking about all the awesome things that you that you guys are doing james um but one of the things that i thought was really cool that you had you had mentioned like you and your partner were 15 years old when you registered the business like you are legit like you guys have been doing this for a long time yeah there's there's some experience there just with you know um and we're self-taught um there is there wasn't the i hate to age myself like this man there wasn't the internet like there is today and you can just youtube stuff and figure things out it was literally trial and error you know catching, catching the fish practice of fish taxidermy you know, harvesting the animals to practice the taxidermy, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're self-taught. And I think one of the great things about that is we were not shown the taxidermy Bible. Right. You know, there was, there was no, this is how it's done. Step A, step B, step C. So it was just a clean slate for us. So we were doing stuff and hearing from taxidermists once we started, you know, you know, competing back in the day and well, you can't do that. It's like, well, we did you know just it was it was not the norm of the stuff that we're doing you know you what do you mean you mounted a fish and casted the head and the fins like why you don't do that well yeah and the head and the fins look better we started molding the whole fish you know you you can't use a bird with a casted beak well there it is you know Mm -hmm. it's dried tax stream now so we, we were we're lucky that way that you know being because there's still, still to this day, there's just, I get phone calls almost every day 
um, saying, hey, what school did you go to? There are no schools here in Canada. There's no schools. If you're lucky enough, you might find a tax risk privately that'll want to teach you. Mm-hmm. But and, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense because they're not here to themselves. But in most cases, it's a one man or one woman show working at the part of their their garage or basement part time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you know, to pay someone to that's it's a professional hobbyist it, it maybe i'm gonna probably hear flack for that but it is what it is yeah um you know uh, there are schools in the states and i've seen people go down there and come back um spending thousands 10 11 12 thousand dollars to take a tax free course and they weren't even taught tanning or how to skin something they're provided with a tanned you know pelt and mannequin that fits and says okay put that on there well that's that's not learning so mm-hmm. I think Sean and I had a great advantage in the fact that we just had the drive to figure this out, you know, um, and, and kept with it. And, uh, you know, we do have art backgrounds, uh, you know, as well as the love of the outdoors, that this is a perfect marriage that 37 years later, you know, um, after we're done here, I'm probably go back in the paint booth and finish that picture that I was painting. Yeah, Um, what you're speaking of is something that's happening in society today where everyone wants the quick route to like, listen, I want to do what advanced taxidermy is doing. Here's the book and it says do A, B, C, D. And then they run into something that's hard and it's like, well, Mm -hmm. it can't be done because it's not in the book. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that with hunting, too. Like we're seeing all these people that are like brand new and they're not like, going. you know what? Just go out. If you're going to have a bad day, it's still you're getting out and learning something. Do it. Just go out and do shit. Quit just sitting at home being like, ah, mm-hmm. the weather's not as per what the book says. I shouldn't even go out today. Like, just go out and do it. And yeah, that's it's the best way to learn. So, uh, the, you, you know, uh, I want to. So yeah. now you guys, now you guys have your, you know, you're going to open up that new shop. It's going to be huge. You got, and you guys are, you guys are it, right? Like, you, you are a big. So let's say that, that we have an aspiring taxi, taxidermist that's listening to this show like i'm curious like do you have people knocking on your door saying hey listen teach me i want to come work for listen i want to be the best so i'm gonna i'm gonna want to come work with the best i do we're blessed with that too yeah being an international business i do every day get emails from people from the united states and even abroad like germany just recently in, in Africa saying, Hey, I'd love to, you know, learn. Um, do you guys teach, you know, I'll come there and, you know, pay you to teach me. Um, customers with their, you know, their, uh, you know, tax work that we're doing for them. Mm-hmm. That might be something that we'll do maybe soon, maybe in a little while, mm-hmm. but um, even after all this time, you know, business partner, and I are just, just broke 50 you know we're both 52 this year and there's many more many more years before we're, we're looking to the retirement fund of yeah. what do we do because we don't want to do this anymore but um you know yeah. with with this new shop it's going to open up a lot of opportunities and just create um, having a place to go to but that's not to you know like even right now we've got a wonderful studio mm-hmm. it's just um in a great showroom it's jam-packed with work it's not a residential studio. It's an actual shop. Um, I get that because the tax industry, to be honest with you, is is the main tax. The main, you know, tax in the world is a one man show working out of the house or garage. And I get that with phone calls. People saying, "Hey, I was going to come by the studio. Do I knock on the garage door? Do I knock on the front door?" It's like, no, you come in through the showroom doors. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the showroom, and someone will come out to meet you. Yeah, you know. But um, yeah, this this new new facility, it's been a long time coming. We've been at it for five years, and like I said, uh, we're starting the building starting to go up. So we're pretty excited that uh, we can offer our customers even better service and better work. That, that's, it's amazing, actually. Like I, I'm I'm I continually just blown away with just how how professional it is, and like I I really. I don't want to, I don't want to seem ignorant, like, but I really didn't, I, I guess I really thought taxidermy for the most part was, um, some hobbyists, right. And I, and that's, and that's mm-hmm. ignorance on, on my part, really. Um, because I really did think that for the most part, it was, it was hobbyists. There was very few that I know of that are 
you know, this is, this is it. This is what they do. Mm -hmm. This is what pays the bills. And, and so to be able to sit down and listen to you talk about this, like it, it's awesome. And I love it. And, and I think our listeners, um, and there's millions of them, um, that absolutely, <laughs> no, there's not really millions, but, um, but you know what I mean? Like it, it is, it's awesome to hear that, that you guys are doing so well. And, and, I think the fact that it's a Canadian thing makes it even even that much more special. In a world where it seems like everybody else is better than us at something, um, it's awesome to hear that you guys are are it. And uh, yeah. Well, as far as tax me goes, you know, um, and and well, I think I think Canadians just have a passion that a lot of other countries don't have. You know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I might be bold in saying that, but it comes down to, you know, like, I mean, everything, you know, from, you know, decoy making, and, mm -hmm. you know, making calls and you can see that when you compare and, yeah. and it's, and I think it's known even in, in the shooting sports and in the fishing and like, I mean, the hunting trade and it, it Canada's got quality. And, uh, and again, it's, it's with this art, and it is an art, you know, as mm -hmm. I, I said, I think you mentioned before, taxonomists have to be a jack of all trades and a master of all of them. You know, there's, there's no, you can't, you know, do one thing good and one, not something somewhere else. And I should mention that too, that a lot of studios are taxonomists. There's so many areas involved in taxidermy that I find that a lot of taxonomists or people will find they will get good at one thing and specialize in it and not touch any part of you know other part of it and we take pride here at advanced you know other than the people and the pets we can do anything mm -hmm. you know we've got some great displays we you know we did a life-size zebra being taken down by a life-size crocodile for a client at the wall mount you know not a problem um you know or we've also did uh, an elephant shrew which is a mouse from africa mm -hmm. yeah. for shockey's museum you know, so from one mount fits your hand to another one that, you know, you're supporting your wall, obviously, to hold it because it's a, a horse and a giant, you know, lizard. Godzilla. Yeah, giant <laughs> lizard, you know, a dinosaur. Um, and, yeah. And, and we've taken we've, we've pushed the envelope here at Advanced too, And and, uh, and again, at the risk of sounding big headed, I don't mean that way, but that we're known for it is is doing more than just the bird on a piece of driftwood for the wall or the fish on a panel, you know, we're, we're, we do coffee tables and end tables, you know, encasing them in glass cases that are usable. And you'll see that on the website and our Facebook page and our Instagram page, you know, these end tables and coffee tables, um, we're currently working on a 10 man poker table with uh, a glass case in the middle where you look, you're looking down on a lynx fighting a fox in a full blown out January snow scene. So oh, that's insane. That you know, is insane. You know, so there's no, there's no limitation to what can be done with, with advanced tax. You know, um, we did years ago and, and you'll see it in the Boston Bass Pro Shops. Johnny asked us to do a humpback whale. So we did a full recreation of an actual size humpback whale. It's on our website. Um, so it's funny when someone will say, you know, hey, can you think you can handle something like a life-size moose? which we've done many of, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, you think you can handle something that big? It's like, what do you mean small? Okay. It's like, what do you mean big? If, what do you mean? What do you mean small? A moose is yeah. big. Small if, if, you're willing, if you're willing to disclose this, how no. much was the whale? <laughs> what, what, what do we get paid for it? Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, that's Sean's part of the business. So I don't know if we made money or lost money. Like, that's that's how we paid for the new building, or we, you know, yeah, we're, like we're in that. Like yeah. I'm just going to throw a number out there, but I could foresee that being a six-figure amount. <laughs> yeah, I, I would uh, say. I, yeah, well, materials. Well, good thing it wasn't right now because it would probably be more than that just in trying to get materials for it. You know, the cost of wood and and uh, metal and all that, but. Um, <clears throat> Tell you, whale, it, was, like, it was a big job. The whale that's hanging up um, in the pictures, you can actually see, I believe, on the website, the pictures okay. still there of the structure. I'm going to do it right now. How the hell do you transport that? Well, that's the whole thing in the planning. That, that thing had to be engineered. 
we had to have an engineer's um, drawings sign off on it because it's actually hanging from the ceiling above people where they're walking. So we made it modular. We couldn't do a lot of twists and turns and movement to it, um, but it was pretty straight and the fins and the flutes were, were modular. So it came off and it just fit on a gooseneck flat. Oh. Look up Boston Bass Pro Whale. Did you find it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be like a Weber net. Boston Bass Pro Whale. Okay. And click on images. Boston. Boston Pizza? No. Bass Pro. <laughs> That's later. Oh, my Lord. Like, there, there it is on the transport truck. Yeah, it was 50 images. feet long. Yeah, there it is there. Yeah, it was 50 feet long, 10 foot belly to back, 47 feet across the fins. Oh, yeah, there it is in the store. Yeah. Christ. Holy smokes. Jesus. Pinterest. Oh, Pinterest. Get out of here, Aaron. <laughs> One job. One job. That's, <laughs> in, that's insane, James. That is insane, buddy. Yeah, that was a fun project. And, you know, we did um, um, the clear story at the Cabela store in Alaska, in the Anchorage store. We did um, um, two beluga whales, which is kind of neat. Wow. That is crazy. That is we also, some... we also did some orcas for the Cabela's in Reno, chasing a school of salmon hanging from the ceiling. So those are full recreations. People say, is that a skin mount or is that a cast? No, that's a full recreation built from scratch, scratch built. But it is, it, you know, business partner and I are pretty eccentric to details. We're going to we're gonna work on it and study those things until it's, it's scientifically correct. Tony, I was actually going to ask you, like, what's your 42 most, like, feet long? Sorry, what's your biggest, you biggest, most expensive, elaborate mount. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. 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 Look at this. And 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 the Boston Whaler in, in the background too. I didn't notice that. Did yeah, you guys do that Boston Whaler? No, no. That was um that was uh their crew. They have a visual team that uh, they brought that in and did all the fake waves and all that. They were, I was actually down there for the setup of the whale. They they flew me down and I was there to make sure everything was good. And, but yeah, it was it was fun. Neat yeah, project. Don't, don't don't drop it. Yeah. <laughs> wow that's that's really impressive buddy like really like i i i don't know what to say like that well that's people, people impressive. come in you know and say do you think you can handle my wood duck we got, we got, we got your wood duck covered <laughs> we will give it i've yeah. done one of them i think yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll yeah. give it the old college try <laughs> yeah now listen if you're going to walk in with a pterodactyl, actually, you know what? From what I've seen and learned so far, I'm pretty sure you guys would hammer out a pterodactyl too if you really come down to it. Oh, not a problem. In, in fairness, I've seen, I've seen pictures of Steven Spielberg on a hunt where he harvested a triceratops. <laughs> yeah, the internet uh, went crazy, crazy over that one. Oh, did they ever go crazy <laughs> over that one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Those are protected. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Do you have there. any idea who the guy is holding the gun? Clearly, you don't. <laughs> well, here's something I was going to just add real quick, kind of yeah, sort absolutely. of to the top. Um, we do a lot of recreation work as well, um, and what that means is like with birds and mammals. Okay. Like using fake fur and fake feathers, um, we can build any even extinct birds. Oh. See all the domestic birds, the ducks, the turkeys. You know they're white feathered. Yeah, and it's a lot of work, and and one of the easier ones to do would be, say, a client wanted a recreation of an owl done, like a snowy owl. That's one of the easier ones because snowies are white, and we can actually take the wings from a domestic goose and pull the feathers from a domestic bird, shape them, paint them, and place them feather by feather by feather by feather, and recreate a whole different bird that's not of the original bird. So extinct extinct birds extinct ducks you know i can do a dodo you know um, i was just gonna say we should get a dodo done <laughs> i'm thinking a liger a yeah. dynamite <laughs> those aren't extinct labrador you know something something yeah. along those lines 
but um and right now we're we're you know um playing around with even uh you know recreation polar bears and african lions wow yeah it's a little cat out of the hat there but um okay yeah i gotta i gotta i gotta do this fellas because i just found this so check this out Um, this is gonna be a thing on every show now oh yeah there it is yeah totally look at this yeah that's in the barn that we built it in and uh it was 47 feet across the front fins and the barn was 50 feet wide so on oh, a wow. windy day, on a windy day, it would be bong, 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 as it was swaying and hitting the other side of the wall. I've seen those up close many a time, and that's pretty good, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, those are all acorn barnacles, casts. There's over a thousand of them on it. Uh, wow. I like how, how you got the really knobby parts on the nose and on the... on the. Yeah, they, they cut on humpbacks. They used to call them stove bolts because, you know... They used to say that the whale was put together with uh, just like a iron girders and, and the big bolts, stove bolts like a bridge. So the neat thing about the uh, the humpback and those stove bolts is they actually have like little hairs that come out of those bumps that can pick up vibrations of like minnows in off of Ireland when the humpback whales off of, you know, Boston or North Carolina. I'm so, yeah, I'm in awe. So, so like, that's just a testament to the amount of research that like and and i don't want to make this sound uh silly but you do really really put the the time into research everything there is about that especially these these you know extreme challenges that you guys get like that that humpback whale and i've seen i've seen my share of humpback whales up close as, as well and that's pretty impressive well we take the time that's it's from day one what sean and i have been doing and even our crew we want it to be right you know because like i said even if it was that first you know godwall or you know whatever be greenhead nice mallard that your son shoots you know you want this thing to last mm-hmm. you know it's not just a, a duck right we're immortalizing that memory so when that bird comes in, I'm going to make sure that I have the right, you know, body shape, the right, you know, carcass cast, the right, you know, I'm going to cast the beak so it's all perfect. Um, because we want then it's tanned properly that we're going to make sure that this thing lasts forever. That someday that grandson's going to be talking to his grandkids and that bird's still going to look the same. Because what? it was mounted correctly on the inside so yeah, that the outside a- looks right. And it yeah. lasts. Yeah. Mark, Mark what, what are you? Okay. You have an ancient artifact there. Anybody know what that is? No. I haven't got, it's hard to get the good detail on it. It's not a raccoon penis. <laughs> no. It's, it's a, a tusk. It's, it's a tooth. A tooth from. Huh. I, I said a tusk. I'm going to show you something okay. else. From a this is another tiger. tooth. A liger? A liger? They're mythical creatures. Yeah. So that's a tooth. <laughs> what animals have teeth that big? Sperm whale. A what? Sperm whale. You got her. Okay. Sperm whale tooth. Was I supposed to wait for someone else to try, to try and take a guess? <laughs> I, 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 we were I all going to guess it. We all knew too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like everybody knew that was a sperm whale. Like, come on. <laughs> my, my buddy Aaron Crocker got me these. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, and are they engraved? Are they a scrimshot? I I gotta get one engraved for him. Nice, and then I'm gonna figure out what I'm gonna do with the other one. But yeah, throw something something hard at me. Come on, (laughs) okay, that was too easy. That one, (laughs) I just just got my bird mounted and I bring it home. How do I care for it for the next 30 years? Great question. Um. I would, you know, I always tell clients that, especially if they're doing birds with water or, or a, a mount with snow or water, I, I recommend if you can encase it, do that. Because it's a lot easier to, to clean the top pane of glass than to clean the feathers. And especially with snow and water, every house is, you know, you're going to have dust and, you know, the snow starts looking like fake snow at Christmas time, you know, for the Christmas decorations and the water starts going dull. 
and not sparkly shiny. But with that said, you know, just a classic standing green head on a base, um, soft bristle paintbrush. See, when I'm grooming a bird to do the final, you know, tracking the feathers and feather placement, I'm using a, um, a woman's blush brush. Mm -hmm. You guys, I don't, you know, you can imagine me at the counter at, you know, shoppers and the makeup program <laughs> saying, can you show me some blush brushes, please? Yeah, here, you know? here, here, here comes Steve. That's bad enough. That's here comes bad enough. strolling into Sephora. <laughs> can you show me some blush brushes? But this, but when I did actually build up the courage to do this, some of those blush brushes are like 150 bucks. Really? It's insane. It, but they do have the softness to actually groom the feather. So I bought a cheap one, like for $60. I use that, you know, some guys will say, well, I can steal the wives or the girlfriends. No, because there's makeup on it. You don't mm -hmm. want to be putting makeup on it. Yeah. A clean brush. And that's one of the tools we have in our arsenal when we're actually doing the, the detailing and the preening. But you can use a soft bristle paintbrush. It'll work even better. It's like a, a ball of cotton. And you can actually groom the bird. It helps realign the feathers and removes the dust. I've heard some guys say, well, I'm, I have a, a friend that said to use hairspray. <laughs> You're going to spray your duck glue? Um, no, definitely don't do that. It's no. a little bit of common sense. You know, um, if it's really bad, really dirty, I recommend bringing it into a taxidermist and have them take a look at it to, to do a proper cleaning. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a little bit of common sense, soft little paintbrush, cotton balls are better. And just maybe once a year or try to, and, and the other thing to try put it in an area that's not going to cause damage or create um, more damage or dust to it than, than a, a better spot, if that makes sense. You know, if it's a high traffic area, you're going to have a lot more dust landing on it than if it's in, you know, on a, on a, you know, a cabinet or a shelf, uh, you know, off in the corner a little bit. So, you know, appreciate it better. Yeah. I got a question for you, James. <clears throat> so say, sure. I guess this is kind of in regards to like, you know, mount positions and stuff. So say, you know, you're given like a pristine bird, like, like practically died mm -hmm. of natural causes. That's how good of a condition it's in. Um, like obviously hypothetically yeah. speaking, best case scenario. Right. Is there any certain positions yep. that are like easier to do or harder to do or stuff that you know, you guys would rather do or the case may be? Well, yeah, you want, I think, you know, a really nice bird, you want it sort of in a classic pose that people understand what it's doing, that people have seen, yep. you know, um, and certain birds look better in certain poses than others. Like divers, their feet are just so far back. Standing poses kind of look weird. You know, their chest are just so high, whereas a puddle duck, oh, the feet like are a, more centered, like so it looks nicer as a standing they're, pose. They're like a penguin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So divers sometimes laying laying down, you know, with, with the feet next, oh, like on a rock, something like is you know, it's just relaxing, you know, with a nice little head turn. Um, yeah. We can do any pose, but, you know, sometimes having the wing dropped and having the head turned around, preening on its tail is a little weird to look at, you know, if you're going to immortalize that bird in certain poses for the rest of its life, you know, you don't want it in a weird pose. I think something classic is best for even the perfect birds, you know, and, and I always tell clients to do is you want to show off the best part of the bird. Um, I've had clients say, Hey, I want a tabletop display of a committed, you know, bird and I want it low. Well, you're not really, you know, with, with that pose is kind of weird. Uh, all of us duck hunters, wing shooters know what we're looking at. It makes mm -hmm. sense. But yeah. Joe Public looking at it, seeing these wings down, the head down, the feet out, like, oh my gosh, here comes the water and land, right? Is a weird pose. Whereas that pose looks better hanging above your head. Yeah. You yeah. know, so like one that's certain things that we discuss with the clients when they're, you know, wanting when they're wanting to make their final decision for posing. Like, but yeah, I think a perfect bird, you know. It depends on the perfect bird. You know, um, some birds are prettier flying. And, it, and as far as if it was a tabletop flying, I would suggest a taking off pose, which is more of a proud pose as opposed to a landing pose. Because with the, the taking off, the chest is up, the wings beating up or down, heads up. It's a really, really nice presentation of the bird showing off the secondaries and the head. 
Whereas, you know, again, a cupped committed landing, you know, is something better to be looking up at, you know, yeah. hanging from the ceiling or from a wall. Like one thing I'm, I'm quite oh, yeah, good fond question. of. I, I go through that a lot. One thing I'm quite fond of is the deadfall mounts. So I currently have a canvas back that I've shot that's done. Mm-hmm. Like, like once I get the couple more birds to complete the mount, I'll finally get it new properly. Redhead. I'm, yeah, let's not go there. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I've already got the can <laughs> that's going to be hung by like, you know, like that leather shoelace mm-hmm. material hung up by the foot. So he's coming mm-hmm. down, the, you know, mm-hmm. the one wing's cocked off the side. So I want to get a couple more done to go with them. Like yeah. a, a redhead, as Damien mentioned, possibly like a, a widgeon or a nice stud uh, bluebill. Mm-hmm. And another thing I'd really like to get is across like a bottom shelf would be like a the dead mounts tail. look awesome. Oh yeah. But I want to get like a long tail with like the one wing yeah, hanging with off some the lower, shelf. No shells or box. Okay. With with the yeah. head kind of hanging off. But another thing too, and I pray the day comes, a speckle belly, because that's the one bird you want to see the breast is mm-hmm. a speckle belly. And just yeah. like the, the big angel wings yes. up and behind it. Just gotta yeah. shoot one. Yeah, small, they make beautiful right? presentations and they're not so they're yeah, they're 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 the right size, you know, yeah. for that sort of pose. Like if you're getting into some of the giant Canadian cobra chickens, you know, some of those things have sometimes like seven foot wingspans on them almost these you know oh, yeah. big Canadians. But um, you know, the specs, I love working on them, you know. Um, you know, we just recently did this little tiny blue phase Ross, it was incredible. Oh, oh nice. You know, yeah oh yeah oh yeah it was it was like, like a big client. duck yeah it was like call the client and tell him his bird's bad and you know i said you know yeah kyle your bird's bad he goes you're lying <laughs> i said hey i'll try to steal this one on you like, yeah <laughs> you know it was one of those birds i opened it up and i was like are you kidding me you know wow. where did you guess? He, he was out west out saskatchewan way i think it was but uh, okay. what an absolute incredible those secondaries were incredible on them too just such a beautiful and he did it flying so it was it was a beautiful beautiful bird but uh yeah um some of those dead mounts are really good for birds that are not prime or in good condition mm-hmm. that you can make them look good and immortalize you know because i see a lot of these birds coming in and, and i hate saying this because you never know but opening day we always get that guy calling up and saying yeah i was wanting to drop off a wood duck um, and, and here's, and I won't mention names, you know, but, um, a client comes in, I'll, I'll never forget this opening day. I have, you know, been hunting all these years and I always want to shoot a Drake and a hand Woody and finally got my Drake and hand Woody. And I want to get these mounts done, you know, put them together, flying group pair mount and the whole bit. And he comes in and I open up the bag and I see this, this wood duck, you know, the, the wing pockets don't have the black and white tips to them yet. No solid bands in the front. I mean, the hood is straggly. It's even got brown feathers in the face. And I says, you know, buddy, is, is this your first bird? He goes, no, I've been hunting for like 10 years. I says, well, out of a scale of one to 10, you know, this wood duck, you know, it's probably a three, mm-hmm. maybe a two. I'll give it a three. If you're looking for a good mount, wait until the, the, late in the season, you'll have a much better preen bird. It'll make a nice, better mount. And he's like, well, I appreciate your honesty. I said, well, let's look at the hen. I literally opened the bag and I closed the bag and I said, it's actually a Drake as well. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, we'll, we'll be nice and call it a one out of 10. And, uh, you know, I'm proud to say with us here in, in the work in our clientele, I didn't need to take that in. And at the end of the day, him look at it and go, well, what's with these birds? And well, that's the birds you gave me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather say these aren't the mounters, you know, because this isn't your son's first bird that there's a sentimental value to. Let's get a good bird. That at least it's done. It's done once it's done right. And yeah, he did I, show up later in the season with a, probably an eight, I'll call it a nine out of 10 wood duck. And wow. it was just, just a huge hood on it. And, and, yeah. he, and he said, yeah, you're right. You know, so I, I liked the fact that I can be that honest with our customers too. Mm-hmm. I did. Because it wasn't, it wasn't like a situation where he walked in the door. It was like, finally, the electric bill is going to be paid. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, we, we can be honest with the customer and, and advise them, you know, uh, as to what we think. Not that I'm turning customers away. I, you know, I want to do every bird possible, but I just didn't think it was going to be, you know, a good investment for him. 
Yep. Yeah, and, and I did the exact same thing that this, that this fella done and, and brought it to Dave and I, well, all of our friends, Jason Sear, who's, who's a taxidermy guy. And, um, mm-hmm. and it was my first Drake Woody that I had shot and I had brought it into him and I, I wanted it done. Um, and he was like, and this was opening day. So, and he was like, buddy, he said, this isn't, you know, like, this isn't a, a good looking, still had pin feathers and, and stuff like this, yeah. right? He was like, it's not a good, I said, I, I, yeah, I don't care what it look. It's my first wood duck and my first mm-hmm. uh, Drake wood duck and I want it done. And he was like, okay, as long as you understand that, you know, there's way better looking uh, coming down the road. And I was like, no, no, I, yeah. I want this one done. And, and that was so, I, I get it. Uh, but I appreciate it as as honesty 100 percent yeah we recently put together a nice um well same thing that the client with all the uh, alaskan harleys um he actually sent us down uh quill lake and it was like wow okay this Mm -hmm. is kind of rare you know yeah Yeah, i would think so and uh and then i turned it inside out and every single feather was uh pin feather oh i call him up i call him up and said this bird is not mountable yeah. And he says, he goes, I need you to work your magic because I'm probably never going to see one <laughs> again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I says, okay, well, I'll put the effort into trying to put it together and I'll let you know. So it actually did go together. It was yeah. a very uh, stressful, you know, mount because you need to look at it the wrong way and feathers were sort of falling out because they're just, they're yeah. still there's still pin feathers mm-hmm. you know but we got together it's kind of neat um you know it's only the second one we've seen in 37 years wow. so yeah and i understood that one and i said to him it's 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 gonna look like yeah you know an immature you know right. pin feathered bird and he says i appreciate that and let's let's do her so we put it together okay cool well james buddy that we're at we're almost at that 60 minute mark buddy and uh and I'm pretty sure we could keep going all night. Oh, uh, yeah. I could talk all night. <laughs> um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. No, buddy. Awesome. And thanks so much for it. Like, it really, really um, great episode. Some great education and and an even better display of, of your work. Like, uh, I am I am in awe. And I'm sure uh, anybody that's, that's watching this, they'll see the same thing. We'll do a quick round the table, and then we'll end up with you, James. So, uh Mark, to you, buddy. Hey, it was good meeting you tonight. Uh, learned a lot of good stuff from you. Really uh, interesting on all the, the your your spectrum of what you cover. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm not someone who hunts for trophies, and and I I've probably shot some cool birds in my life, uh, among other things. And I, I I don't know if I'm gonna do it yet, but I think if I do in the near future, and I already have some ideas going around in my head. I'm going to be contacting you guys. Awesome. Uh, especially with the codfish. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'll text you a photo once we get it done. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Dave? Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm pretty sure there's a guy around here. I'm not sure if he's brought his bird to you yet or not, but uh, he actually, I was hunting with Jason Sear last year, last fall, and they shot a bird and they're like, oh, we've never seen this before we think it's this. And he sent me the message in a picture. And I said, no, that's a Brant goose. And they were arguing with me. And I said, well, here. So I put Jason on. I said, Jason, what do you think this is? He goes, oh, it's a Brant. And so the, I'm pretty sure he's bringing it to you. He's already caught it with you. But uh, yeah, if he, if he argues with you that it's not a Brant, it's, you can tell him it's a Brant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Philly. James, we appreciate your time. So this has been a long time coming, trying to get someone, uh, you know, to talk taxidermy with, with us and obviously for those that are waterfowlers you know it's a it's a key element those that will kind of want to capture that moment and whatnot and you know be able to relive that hunt down the down the road and we appreciate your time and obviously educating us and you know proper care and handling and hopefully this this goes out to the masses so you know at the end of the day you get a quality bird to mount and in turn they get a quality product back in their hands that they can you know you know love and cherish for years down the road. So thanks again for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. Awesome. Well, it's been absolutely a pleasure. Um, I don't know what everyone's talking about. You guys are great. (laughs) 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 
And if you, if you, that's if, awesome. 66 <laughs> episodes, and you're the first <laughs> one to do that. I was like, it's got to come one day. <laughs> you know, it, it's been fun. I loved it. And like I said earlier, you know, there's uh, one of the things I love talking about is me. And uh, no one knows me better than me. Or <laughs> probably not. You know, we'll leave the ex-girlfriends out. But um, yeah, it's been a pleasure and it's been fun. And if you ever, you guys, if you guys ever need me on again, it'd be an absolute pleasure to do it again. It'd be fun. Awesome, buddy. I tell you what, we will 100% take you up on that. And we... Um, we try our best to travel around the province as much as we can to do hunting and then meeting up with, with our millions and millions of fans. Um, so I promise you that someday we will be walking into your, uh, into your show showroom. And, and sure. I would, I would love to be able to shake your hand and, uh, and be able to to have a coffee with you and, and just talk about this some more, buddy. Thank you so much. You're, you're all more than cordially invited, you know, and uh, the coffee will be on me. And this has been awesome. I've been told so many times I have a face for radio. I'm not sure what they mean by that, but, uh, <laughs> but it's been great. Good awesome. Hunting, friends. Good awesome, hunting, buddy. Friends. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the Union 0430, episode number 66. Please check out Advanced Taxidermy. Go to their website. Hit them up on all their social media. Give them a like. And if you do have any questions, listen, you heard the man here tonight. He will... 100% answer anything that you want to know. So listen, don't be shy. Reach out to him and uh, and and let him let him know that uh, it was it was here that you heard about advanced taxidermy. Everybody, thank you so much for this. Um, another great episode. Big love. Surround yourself with great people.